You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about, some kickball. Good night, Pete. Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 332, everyone. Mm. 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 This is the podcast where I die. <laughs> they wonder why I stay gone as much as I do. Uh, as always, I am Edward Green. Joined by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, for another thrilling episode of the AFA Pod. Uh, we have plenty to talk about this week. First week of the Premier League season in the books for 16 of our 20 teams. We also have uh, a little bit of the League Cup to talk about, like literally very little, uh, as well as a brief uh, catch-up on the Champions League and Europa League, where they stand in their qualification process. We also have some news to talk about in the news and notes. Um, transfers. That will, I'm sure, will be happening in the next eight hours because, you know, hashtag Thursdays and uh, and, and much more as well. Uh, as always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. Um, so it's, it's cute me... how you're holding in your excitement for what's going to happen. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Um, what I am excited for is to well, talk really... about the Premier League. <laughs> Um, so, uh, quick rundown of the matches of the week. Uh, Arsenal, by the way, this means we're going to, that mulligan we're getting at the end of the transfer window to change our predictions. Oh boy, that's, that's going to get used. Uh, Arsenal three, Fulham nil, Fulham come back to the Premier League pretty much like they left. Being not very good at football. Uh, Alexander Lacazette with a goal in this one, as well as newly re-signed Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, Arsenal getting him back. That was one of their last big holdouts coming on to a new, uh, I guess it's a three-year deal. Yeah, keep his amount until summer 2023. Um, so he will be staying there as he nets another one for Arsenal. Um, Crystal Palace get a 1-0 win over Southampton. Wilfred Zaha getting the goal in the 13th minute of that one. One. Uh, West Ham falls to Newcastle 2 0, uh, but don't worry, <laughs> we'll have Newcastle news later on. Don't, don't, don't you worry. Um, uh, West Brom also back in the Premier League. They also get smacked down by another top of the table team. Leicester City uh, gets the 3 0 win over them. Jamie Vardy has a party at the Pierce Hawthorns um, with two goals in the last 20 minutes of play from the spot. Uh, Tottenham. Huh. Big news, maybe. Again, hashtag Thursdays, don't worry. Uh, Tottenham with the 1-0 loss against Everton. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin with the uh, sort of bungled-in goal there in the 55th minute. Uh, with not a great day all around for anybody, uh, if you're an Everton fan or a Tottenham fan. Are you kidding? It was Roger Bennett's greatest day of his life. That's 
That is sad. Um, <laughs> I do imagine there will be better days to come, though, for Everton this season. Um, Wolves used two goals in the first six minutes uh, to get past Sheffield 2-0. And then Chelsea, in maybe the most unconvincing 3-1 victory ever. <laughs> very, very unconvincing, especially given all the new talent they have on the squad. Do get the 3-1 win at Brighton and Hove. Uh, Kurt Zuma gets on the score sheet for Chelsea, as well as Reese James and Jorginho. Um, so yes, Chelsea does get the 3-0 win, even though it's crazy. But Wes, the match I'm sure you are dying to talk about. Liverpool 4, Leeds 3. Welcome back, uh, Marcelo Bielsa, into the Premier League. My God, what a match. Definitely one that I'm sure no one on uh, Reddit soccer sub forum uh, called Liverpool liver pen. I'm sure it didn't happen. I'm 100% sure it didn't happen. I didn't have to check to know how it didn't happen. Um, most of all, only like the two most blatant penalties yeah. ever. Okay. Sure. I'm sure it didn't happen. I genuinely, I did not check. I'm just assuming it happened. Uh, Mo Salah with a pair of penalties in this one. One four minutes in, one about four minutes out. Um, does get Liverpool the 4-3 win. He did have one from open play as well, as did Virgil van Dijk. But Leeds did come out strong, uh, finding the equalizer every time. Uh, Man City uh, Academy player, I believe, Jack Harrison with the goal in the 12th minute was their first back in the Premier League. Patrick Bamford uh, in the 30th as well. And Matthias Klitsch with the clutch goal that looked to get Leeds a point if it weren't for that final penalty. Um, Wes, what a what a game. What a what a welcome back to football. I mean, it's not like we had been gone that long. But uh, my goodness, this is uh, as you texted me and I'm going to pull this up here real quick so I can quote you properly here. You texted me, uh, Leeds are going to fuck with people bad this year, and Ellen Road is going to be a bear pit this year. Um, two facts I absolutely agree with, and, you know, it's hard. You know, it sucks coming out of the first gate back in the Premier League with a, a loss where you feel like you could have at least gotten a point, but, I mean, if you're Leeds, you took your shot and you almost clutched it out. Um, and and just to add into you know first game back, man, how incredibly insane would that should have been if there were fifty five thousand <laughs> people there? Yeah, and and a way in full of mm-hmm. frothing at the mouth Leeds United fans, mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool fans who were you know super jacked because they walk in for the first time in thirty years as the league champions. I mean, that match had, God, it was just, that was primed to just be unbelievable viewing. Mm-hmm. And all we ended up getting was just uh, an up and down, back and forth match that just like <laughs> hopefully sets the tone for this entire Premier League season coming up. Yeah. Um, I, I thought truly on the day, even though Leeds did have the bulk of the possession, um, Liverpool were, I felt head and shoulders better than Leeds. Overall, um, Leeds just, God, on three occasions, Leeds just absolutely broke Liverpool down. Um, one of those, a Virgil van Dijk, uh, uh, 
a miscue by Virgil van Dyke, uh, went to clear a ball, didn't clear it properly. And, you know, it fell right to, uh, the aforementioned Jack Harrison, by the way, former Wake Forest demon Deacon, Jack Harrison, um, you know, maybe took the most unusual route ever to get to the premier league. You know, usually it's young Americans leaving to go to England to try to get in the Premier League. Here it's a young Englishman leaving England, going to America, and ending up back in the Premier League. So, kind of an interesting Jack Harrison story. Um, but that goal off the Van Dyke miscue, uh, the first one um, was uh, Cock, I think, was the player. Um, he just he, he ate Trent up. Trent got caught too deep. They ate him up, and then on the third one, my man just ghosted right into the middle of the of the um, box, and nobody touched him. Leeds were good for all three of their goals. Liverpool, you know, you know my favorite thing to say. We could have scored six. Um, you know, Liverpool on the day were, especially going forward, Liverpool were really, really good. Um, you know, Bobby missed a shot late on that would have put another one on. Kind of a weird one where he tried to kind of finesse it with the outside of his foot instead of just pounding it past the goalkeeper. Uh, uh, Sadio Mane had one that on a normal day, Sadio Mane scores with no problem. Liverpool were fine. They just had three bad mishaps at the back, and that's something that they've got to keep an eye on, and they've got to get better. Um it's early in the season. You can find reasons to blame it. You know, I mean, they basically have had a very trunk. Everybody's had a truncated um, preseason. Uh, defensively, you saw a lot of defensive, somewhat miscues over the weekend that you don't normally see te- see teams make. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, I, as a Liverpool fan, you take the three points. You say thank you, Jesus, and you move on to uh, you move on to match day two. But as for Leeds United, to be able to go into Anfield and do that to the champions, I mean that that's really setting a marker. Even though they didn't win the match, that's setting an early season marker for Leeds. Is going to come down. Obviously, Leeds can Leeds can do some things and score some goals. For Leeds, it's going to be about how many goals can they keep out. Um, and what are they going to do when teams don't so much let them play football? Uh, you know, with Liverpool, that's exactly what we love. We love teams that want to play football with us because usually we're just better than they are. Um, and on the day, once again, we were better than Leeds, but Leeds showed they have definitely, definitely got some scary, scary potential. Like I said, man, if they can get Ellen Road packed up with Leeds fans who are just rabidly excited about being back in the Premier League, God, that's going to be a place somebody might piss themselves there. Somebody might piss themselves there this year. And with all the cameras now, it's going to be caught um, when it happens to you, Jack Wilshire. Um, I I think my read on Leeds is that they are they are what we wished Norwich had become and grown into last year. Norwich started off as this very exciting high offense team, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't keep it up over the entire run of 38 matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Leeds is in a better position to do that. I'm not saying Leeds is then going to fall off the table after like match week six. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think 
Leeds have the potential to be a team like that, but be able to sustain it over a full season again because they have no back now they're back in the Premier League. They have no European commitments. Um, they are in the League Cup. Uh, actually, I believe they. Yes, they are no longer in the League Cup, so they don't have that commitment yeah. anymore. Spoilers. The plan um, is working already. So it's just that in the this in the FA Cup that they got to worry about. So I do think Leeds can hang in there and uh, do some stuff. This was a good first showing, uh, and I'm excited to see. And yeah, I was just going to touch a little bit on um, on the the defensive miscues because we have we have been seeing those a little bit more from Liverpool since right before the first. Um, Back in March, when the first stoppage of play happened in the season, we were starting to see defensive miscues because overall, Liverpool were still playing very well, but we were starting to see some more of these individual momentary mistakes that were that were being jumped on. Um, and then we saw it some more after after the restart happened, and now we saw it a little bit again in this match. It, it's I agree with you, it's hard to take that into account and how much do you blame that on just being how weird this last eight months has been and the stopping and starting nature of everything. But it is something that has been now for the last maybe 20 matches Liverpool has played started to become a little more of a worrying trend. So that is, I, I fully agree with you. That is something that Liverpool do need to look at. Cause I don't think it's just something that's just going to magically go away as things do sometimes. But I I do think Liverpool is still in great shape, and obviously they showed that as a fallback, even if things go to hell defensively, they can still play a shootout. So that is that is something that they didn't have to do of a lot of last season, especially about the last two thirds of it. They were able to play a lot of one nil, two one games, uh, and get those wins. But uh, yeah, whenever whenever they need to, they still do have a 4-3 in their back pocket, which is good to see if you're a Liverpool fan. Um, well, and, also, and it's lovely oh, to sorry, see the, uh, the fourth-year, one-year wonder, Mo Salah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, now uh, on pace for 114 goals this year. So. Um, and I'm not sure why this is. I I'm, imagine I'm you can uh, enlighten me a little bit on this. Uh, NBC Sports is now calling him in the box score Mohamed Salah Ghali. Um, is, huh. is there a reason for that? Uh, first time I've heard that, so I can't really tell you anything on it. All right, well, I'm going to do just a skosh, uh, research on the side here while I, I move on. Um, so that was match week one in the books for, again, 16 of our 20 teams. Man City and United got the first week off for their, uh, European competition play that they had to do in August. Uh, so Aston Villa and Burnley also haven't yet taken to the pitch, mm-hmm. but they will be taking it this weekend as we get your schedule coming up here for match week two. Uh, it starts off 730. Everton looks to keep the good times rolling at Goodison versus West Brom. 10 a.m. leads back in action against Fulham. Leads first good chance for three points on the season. Uh, United will be playing at 1230 against Crystal Palace. And at 3 p.m., Arsenal will take on West Ham to see if they can go to a perfect six points. 7 a.m. on Sunday, Southampton versus Tottenham. Maybe Tottenham will have a few more new players. Uh, 9 a.m., Newcastle versus Brighton Hove. 11.30 a.m., big match 
Um, Chelsea versus Liverpool. I mean, pretty much every match with Liverpool this year is going to be big, but Chelsea with their signings looking to make a statement at Stamford Bridge. And then at 2 p.m., the slightly less exciting but potentially still entertaining Leicester versus Burnley. And then at Monday, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United at 1, 3.15. Also could be a good match, and I believe Wolves won this fixture last year. Wolves versus City at the Molyneux. Um, that is that is a big, big, big-time fun one that could be had. City's first match back since losing in the Champions League in dramatic fashion. So we'll see where their headspace is at. Um, and then for a final quick look at the table here, Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, Newcastle, Wolves, Liverpool, Palace, and Everton are all on three points. Everyone else is at zero. Nobody drew this week. Nobody drew. So it's either three or you're at zero. All right, uh, real quick, uh, second round action of the League Cup took place this week. Uh, third round action will be taking place next week because got to cram it all in, boys. Um, as we mentioned, uh, Leeds, one of the few Premier League teams to lose in this round, they lost on penalties to Hull, 9-8, to eight, uh, was after a 1-1 draw in regular time. Um, the only Premier League versus Premier League match in this round is Burnley versus Sheffield United, which actually takes place on Thursday. So we do not know the results of that. A uh, couple more matches on Thursday as well. Um, Southampton was also upset by Brentford out of the championship. And I believe those were the only Premier League teams to lose. Uh, Newcastle had a close one versus Blackburn. Um yeah that is it so third round draw has already been done um there is one prem versus prem draw it is leicester versus arsenal that is a hell of a third round draw um liverpool will be getting league one side lincoln city which they will be traveling to tottenham will be heading to league two side Leighton orient uh again those matches will be played next week any thoughts on lincoln city wes Absolutely. You know, as Brendan Rodgers would say, oh, it's a team we've got to we've got to go with the proper respect. Uh, they're fabulous, fabulous boys. Uh, they play with great character. Uh, they're they're quite lovely, lovely boys. And uh, you know, Liverpool Football Club, we're going to have to give all we got for the lovely, lovely boys. Absolutely. When when you play against the Imps, you got to give it your all. Let's put it this way: I'm expecting to see a nice uh, a nice run out for uh, for young Nico, uh, for young Curtis Lad. Uh, for Harvey yeah. Elliott, um, probably the uh, the French kid we've got. Uh, what's his name? Come in, come in, Billy Comiendo. I can't remember. Um, anyway, he played a lot in the preseason. I, I figure we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of second teamers led by the greatest second team captain of all time, James Milner. <laughs> a lot, a lot of high numbered kits going to be on display in this Liverpool match. And Millie. <laughs> gotta love James Milner. Not nothing boring about that man. Oh. Um, Champions League uh, is qualifying is still going on. Uh, we are currently in the third qualifying round that is just wrapped up. Playoff round will be over the next two weeks to determine the final um, six teams that will be joining the group stage. The group uh, stage drop will be on October 1st, which I believe is a Friday. No, it is a Thursday. Of course it is. So uh, Thursday, that Thursday, that next week, then we'll be able to bring you the full draw. Um, 
so yeah uh that that is going on right now um all the premier league teams are already qualified for the group stage of that including liverpool man city united and chelsea um in the europa league tottenham ooh, they will be taking their talents uh, if i can pull it back up here to oh i'm in the wrong round what are you getting uh, Locomotive Plovdiv over in Bulgaria. Oh, God, uh, so not even like the regular locomotive that we actually know. No, no, not Locomotive Moscow. Oh, no, this is Locomotive Plovdiv. Yeah, this is, uh, and, and if and if Tottenham do secure a bunch, very interesting to note, to, to keep in mind here, I think as opposed to every other year, because they're trying to cram all this in, qualifying rounds up to the playoff round are one-leg ties. So this is a one-and-done tournament scenario. Um, so Tottenham must win this match to advance on to the third qualifying round, which would see them play the winner of match 18, which is either uh, uh, Football Club Botosani out of Romania or KF Shkendija out of Macedonia. And and uh, and I do believe, if I am correct here, yes, Tottenham will also have to travel to that match. So, which is also next week. So happy. Which is, I believe, two days after their League Cup match. Ooh, man. Yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone knows that Josie Mourinho sometimes will bring up things that don't sit well with him. Mm-hmm. That's a nice way to put it for Josie. Um, yeah. God, it's something like Spurs can play something like what nine matches in twenty-two days or some shit. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's complete insanity. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, God, just hope they survive. Sometimes, man, I mean, it's that's a rough, that's a rough run for anybody, and you know, especially, especially this season. When everything just seems so uh, so cramped as it is, and God, Tottenham's catching it right on the chin. Yeah, they'll be so they're playing. They played on the thirteenth against Everton. They're playing tomorrow in at Locomotive. Then they're playing this Sunday at Southampton. Then they'll play Tuesday at Leighton Orient. And then, again, if they win that match against Locomotive, they'll play that Thursday, the 24th, against uh, one of those other two teams. And, again, they will have to travel for that. And then, yeah, then they're going to have to play another Premier League match that weekend. And I'm pretty sure the two weeks after that would also be then more uh, Europa League qualifying matches. So, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be... Right. If, you I, love I, your, if you love your Tottenham football, there you go. Um, I, I, I must say, I'm, I never had to pay attention to it until this season, obviously, but I am, I am kind of shocked that a Premier League team has to start so far down in the qualification process for Europa. I'm sure it's to prop up teams from smaller leagues, but my God, is this kind of insane. Um, but that them is the breaks, uh, and uh, Tottenham will be looking to join um, Arsenal as well as one other team 
whose name is currently escaping me as I look at the Europa League draw, and it is uh, Leicester. Leicester is coming in as well. Um, so Arsenal and Leicester currently in the group stage. Um, the good news for Tottenham is, I believe, no matter what, if they make the group stage, they will be a pot one team. So there is that at least. Um, but that'll do it for our match news. That does dovetail us nicely into talking transfer news. And it was already a little bit of a good sign when we saw something, um, when the headline comes out, that Tottenham were close to agreeing to a deal for Real Madrid's Sergio Regulon. Excuse me. Um, He's a a nice little left back from Real Madrid. Um, Looks like a pretty good young player. Looks like he could come in, slot right away into Tottenham's team. But of course, the bigger news story coming out of Real Madrid might be the return of the king. Gareth Bale may be returning to Tottenham Hotspur. And again, that deal may literally be happening sometime in the next eight to nine hours after you record this podcast. Um, It is certainly something I did not think would ever happen. Um, Bale, of course, has notoriously had a, we'll call it prickly relationship with both the club and fans over at his time at Real Madrid, despite performing up until last season very, very, very well for them. Of course, had the two big goals in their Champions League victory over Liverpool, which are, you know, some of, especially the uh, bicycle kick one, is going to be one of the best goals you will ever see in a tournament final ever. Um, This is a guy who, of course, made his name at Tottenham and then made the big move to Real Madrid could be heading back to Spurs. Uh, Wes, this was not something that was seriously considered by, I'm sure, Spurs fans, (laughs) especially me, until about a week ago. And now all of a sudden it looks like this thing has snowballed out of control and looks to be happening very, very soon. And I'm not sure how good this makes Tottenham. Again, Bale had a, a somewhat down year last year at Real Madrid has been injured a lot, uh, as you noted on Facebook. So it will be <laughs> interesting to see. Um, exactly. the piss, huh? Yeah. Uh, not that I disagree necessarily. Um, but I, 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 so I do wonder how much value Gareth Bale at this point in career in his career does bring to Tottenham. But as we just say, if they're playing nine matches in 22 days, they need bodies. And again, Regulion looks great. Um, and he looks like he could come in and be another young player. I've seen people compare him it, as say a comp could be Andy Robertson, which, Hey, he's pretty good. Um, so that, that would be a pretty good get for Tottenham, but Gareth Bale, just to be able to have another striker, which is something Tottenham has been desiring for so, so long to back up Harry Kane. A- at least it is something. And if he can stay healthy and if Kane can stay healthy, this Tottenham team might be starting to look a little more dangerous, and they're going to need to after this, how they look this weekend. Well, not only that, but you bring in Gareth Bale, you're going to bring in a Gareth Bale who, well, let's put it this way. If Gareth Bale is finally agreeing to leave, to leave Real Madrid, mm-hmm. you've got to figure he's leaving with a massive chip on his shoulder. That's true. And that could just be fantastic for Tottenham who have been stale 
in the attack recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have good players. Part of it might be the manager. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, adding a guy like Gareth Bale, if Bale comes in probably motivated, which you have to think he would be, if he can stay healthy, I mean, Bale's a match winner. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a potential talismanic type player. And if you have him and Kane in a front line and then Sonny on the other side, sweet Jesus, man. I mean, you're, you've got to be able to score some goals with that group. Uh, a guy like LaCelso back there pulling some strings on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's got to be a help going forward. Is Gareth Bale exactly what Tottenham needs when building the team right now? Maybe not, but... I mean, well, you can go get a world-class player and the fact that apparently Real Madrid is going to pay more than half of his 16 million euro salary. <laughs> I mean, there is no lose situation here for Tottenham. It's just they need, so- they need something. And Gareth Bale is a – I think it's a massive get for Tottenham. And, you know, when we talked about, you know, after the window shuts in October, then we'll give you our real picks for the year. This is one of those that could swing that. And this is, you know, we we've been, I think, somewhat, um, so somewhat down. I think is a nice way to put it on Tottenham's transfer policy over over the last couple seasons. Um, but to bring in uh, Doherty and Oldberg, um, both already Premier League players for not mm-hmm. too much. You know, mm-hmm. 16 million a piece, and be able to slot them in right away. Um, to bring in this other player from Real Madrid, another defensive player, and then to bring in a uh, a potential, as you said, match winner in Gareth Bale. I mean, that's Tottenham getting four guys that they can just start almost right away. Obviously, they, they those two have to learn the system. Uh, you know, Josie's chomping at the bit. He's talked so much about how, because, you know, he's the best, how he was the one that wanted to bring Gareth Bale to Real Madrid while he was there. Um, so you, Josie's had no shame in talking about how much he's wanted to coach Bale, and now he gets his chance. But Tottenham bringing in four potentially Premier League-ready players that they can just slot in, that is a big deal for this club, who who has talked about needing to not spend money because of the new stadium. Uh, amongst a host of other reasons, this is starting to feel like that refresh after get, bringing in guys like Lo Celso uh, last season, um, uh, Cessignon, uh, Tangay and Dumbele maybe not working out as well. But, so but, but the, yeah, but the fact the fact that they're actually bringing in and trying to rotate in new bodies in this club is a good thing to see. Um, and hopefully it will uh, it will continue. And again, they're going to have to because they need bodies with their with the schedule they have here, especially at the beginning of the season. So uh, we will see. I'm sorry. What was that? All of a sudden, apparently Danny Rose is not one of those bodies. <laughs> yeah, poor Danny. <laughs> what a way to find out you're gone. Uh, not that anybody really thought he wasn't. Um, but yes, Danny Rose will be will be heading out. Um, so yeah, this is a this is a very interesting team now, um, and is one where we are going to be. T- this could this could work out very well. This could also completely blow up. So we will have to see what happens over on that side of North people, London. That's what happens when you bring in Josie. So 
That is true. That is true. Uh, Josie and now a bunch of new transfers in. Um, a little bit of other transfer news. Somebody we were kind of looking at, uh, or something we were kind of looking at last week, was the Arsenal goalkeeping situation. Um, they had been playing Emiliano Martinez when Bernd Leno uh, out. Now that Leno is back, uh, Martinez has left the club. He is now going to be joining Aston Villa uh, for a, on a uh, 17 million euro fee. So he'll be taking a he'll be heading out there. Uh, Branislav Ivanovic, you remember him from Chelsea? Yeah, he's uh, he's back in the Premier League. He has left uh, Zenit St. Petersburg and is heading over to West Brom. Uh, Mishi Bachwi, the Mitsubishi, is heading back to Palace on another loan from Chelsea. Um, I assume that at some point loans are kind of like options in Major League Baseball. At some point, you have to run out of them, but apparently not. So um, Batshuayi is oh. going to just keep uh, heading out on over and over again. Um, so yeah, those Brand are that's interesting. Uh, there's a there's a very very lightly connected rumor that uh, Liverpool could make a move to bring back Luis Suarez. To, um, oh, God, you bring back Ivanovich and Suarez in the same year. I mean, that's like literally throwing blood in the water. Oh, man. If you didn't have a reason to watch Liverpool versus West Brom before, well. Unless you're a Liverpool fan, you didn't really. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, but, no, but when, when there's well, fights, they can take. Off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always fun times there. Um, there is there's still some news going around. Uh, David Alaba, of course, still in contract negotiations with Bayern Munich. And there's uh, there's other news out there as well. Um, any other deals or rumors that have caught your interest, Wes, that we haven't talked about yet? Um, God, hold on out there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Chelsea still in the market for a goalkeeper. Uh, the keeper yeah. from uh, Rick Renier. I don't have I don't have anything in front of me right now, so I'm going off just my memory. Um, God, how crazy would it be? I mean, here's the thing: no one's giving you 70 million pounds for Kepa. Um, are you really going to bring in somebody and bench the world record goalkeeper? <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, for Frank, it's it's not about well, this is how much it costs. It's about, you know, I'm, I'm here to try to win. And if this guy's going to give me a better opportunity to win. But, wow, how, how the mighty have fallen in, uh, in Kepa. Um, Liverpool and Thiago Alcantara, that's still floating around out there. I, I really think, especially on the Liverpool front, I think you're going to see stuff later in the window when, you know, Okay, hey, let's start lowering some prices now. Because, you know, you look at Bayern. Bayern are holding out for 30 million pounds for Tiago. Well, here's the thing. You know, it's it's going to be October by the time this window closes. Guess what he can do in January? <laughs> he can sign for free for Liverpool. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day for Byron, it's going to come down to, you know, do we want to take something? It might not be exactly what we wanted, but damn, you know, $25 million is a hell of a lot better than zero. So something to keep an eye on there. I think you're going to see some good movement late in the window here. I think you're going to see more movement than maybe you usually would from even the bigger clubs uh, because I think prices are going to start dropping in that last few days of the transfer window. 
Um, I think it's going to be freaking awesome to watch, by the way. Um, uh, anybody else off the top of my head? Um, uh, we talked about Ali Watkins last week, I believe, going to Aston Villa. That's all I've got right now, friend. That's okay. I also do want to point out, because I, I mentioned Aubameyang's contract extension uh, right. that he'll be he signed with uh, Arsenal. Also, uh, this was a potentially just as big, even if it's for a much lower level club. Uh, Jack Grealish is signing a five year contract with Aston Villa. Um, that that caught me off guard. A in the length, um, because if. <sighs> It's hard to imagine Aston Villa becoming a team that can really challenge for the top of the of the Premier League table, at least in the next couple of years. So it's interesting to see a team or a player that has been so highly valued from those kind of clubs to say, you know what, maybe I'll just stay at Aston Villa for the next five years. Now, granted, hey, there's something to be said about club loyalty. You know, we, we, we a lot of people bemoan that. Uh, I'm kind of on your side there a little bit. Of, eh, doesn't really matter as much, but I, I this really caught me by surprise, especially Wes, it being a five-year deal because that is an eternity in club football. Well, let, let's put it this way as well. <clears throat> I think we as fans, a lot of times we take things at their face value. I think with a lot of these guys, it's especially this summer re-signing for deals like that. Here's the deal. Teams are not out, other than for the top, top players, teams are not out spending exorbitant amounts of money this summer. Jack Grealish is a guy who I think if they could get a market going for Jack Grealish, they can make a nice penny off of him. Basically, I think what they're going to get is they're going to get another year of Jack Grealish. Um. And then I think next summer he's going to go somewhere when the market evens out a little more and more teams are back in and spending. Uh, Also, you give him another year in the Premier League. If he goes out, has another good season, it's only going to raise his value. The five-year contract, it protects both parties. It protects Grealish because, you know, I'm sure he got a pay rise out of it. I haven't seen the terms. I'm sure he got a good pay rise out of it. Mm -hmm. It does give him some security, say, if – and I'm not hoping on this, knock on wood, as I say, you know, let's say Jack Grealish snaps his leg in two weeks. Sure. He now has the security of that multi-year contract, but also for Villa, it gives them security that, you know, he's not about to start running his contract out and leaving on a free. Mm -hmm. Um, So it gives them some security. It gives them some, um, some bargain, a bargaining tool and it gives them some strength when it comes to making a deal for the player. I think it's mutually beneficial for both. Let's put it this way. I cannot, under any circumstances, unless they take a big move up the table and suddenly Aston Villa are contenders, I can't see Jack Grealish being anywhere near Aston Villa in five seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless something goes horribly wrong for him or something goes just amazingly right for that club. So, you know, I think this is almost more just a, in actuality, like a one-year extension. Mm-hmm. And next summer we'll be right back on the – where's Jack Grealish going train? Makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll be keeping that in mind because we also always do love looking into future transfer markets. 
Um, you guys know I, the transfer market never closes for me. That's true. Just wait, twenty twenty one, it's coming. One more big signing. Uh, this time it's a manager. Uh, Nuno Holy Spirit Espirito Santo has signed a new three year contract uh, to stay at Wolves. Um, he has he got back to back seventh place finishes in the Premier League. Um, and you know that they want to keep progressing, but you also know that, hey, hey, for a club like Wolves, that's really, really good. They're going to try to build on that. And, you know, we saw from Watford, who was kind of the opposite, where they were throwing out managers left and right. Um, Wes, with this core group that Wolves have come up through the uh, the championship with into the Premier League, and to keep uh, Nuno around seems like a really good, smart move for this club. Absolutely, and Wolves are one of the better-run teams in all of England. Yes, yes. That way, just in all of England, not just the Premier League. Um, they were able to do some things in the championship that most championship teams can't do because of their uh, close relationship with Jorge Mendes, uh, with the whole Portuguese um, kind of conglomerate that they've got there. They were able to do some interesting things that got them there. And, I mean, I mean, you're looking at someone like a Ruben Nevis. Ruben Nevis was never really a championship player. He was a Premier League player playing for a championship club. Uh, Rui Patricio was the same way. Uh, there was a handful of guys on that team who they were easily Premier League players. That's just where it happened to be for a season. Wolves have some money. They spend their money well. They do scout very well. And then they've got that, uh, they've got that contact with Mendez, which gives them uh, entree to players that they normally – would not have if it was say some guy named Tom running everything for wolves. Um, nothing against you Toms out there, but I mean, let's be real. They've got a good special relationship with a super agent uh, who doesn't have a problem steering his players toward, uh, toward their project. But that said, right. they've done a fantastic job with the project. Um and I mean, uh, to me, long live wolves. Let it keep going. It, it's it's good for the sport to see something like that. Absolutely, a tremendous job, and hopefully, they can keep being smart in their decisions. Um, as we continue on here, um, not going to talk about it too much, but just to let you guys know, uh, there was a, another attempt at the uh, the Saudi-backed Newcastle takeover. Um, they thought it might have happened last week. Premier League again said no, we're we're not doing it, and so maybe we'll see a third attempt, maybe not. But once again, West for Newcastle, uh, they just they just cannot get a deal over the finish line. Oh me, what is there to say about Newcastle that can't be seen in a picture of Iraq? That okay, yeah, yeah. it's bombed out and desolate. Yeah, that is true. Um, that's it. They went and kicked the shit out of West Ham this past weekend. Yeah, they did. They did respond. Off to a good start. Um, they, they made a few signs. We talked about Callum, Callum Wilson. Uh, Mm -hmm. Who knows, man? I'd like to see, I I like, I have a soft spot for Newcastle. You know, I have a soft spot for these kind of older teams that have had their glory. They've been. They've been close. They they've flown close to the sun, a little too close. Newcastle, one of them. Um, 
Yeah. You know, I, I just, I hate it for their fans. I've said this before. I'll make it short and sweet to the point. I hate it for their fans. Their fans deserve so much better. Um, but yeah, just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah, it just does not look like it's it's really going to happen right now for them. But maybe maybe soon, sooner rather than later, it will it will actually happen for Newcastle. Um, all right, so now we're at the part of the pod where we pimp the athletic. Uh, Wes, do you got any articles you want to throw out there? I know, hey, big big college football rumblings oh, are transpiring. So and, and we know the athletic loves to cover them some college football. You damn right. Um, today, vote was taken by the Big Ten. Big Ten is going to be back on October the twenty fourth. You know they were smarter than everyone, ahead of the curve on everyone. Just ask them. Um, in canceling the season because of COVID, uh, and then all they've seen is all these other schools that are kind of their contemporaries are like, I mean, we're going to play. We can make this happen. It's not the end of the world right now. Just be smart. And the Big Ten, which prides themselves on being smarter than everybody else, uh, I think it was a real blow to their ego that, you know, everybody else was playing. And so far, I mean, yeah, there's been some outbreaks, but so far, so good. And the Big Ten knew they needed to get in on this. There's money to be lost if they didn't. I don't. I never believed we we're going to get a spring football season. That's silly, if you ask me. And now with the Big Ten coming, coming back, you know, certainly – don't think we're going to see a spring season. Um, uh, Stuart Mandel uh, did uh, why I'm thrilled and relieved that the Big Ten is coming back. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm thrilled for the Big Ten to come back. Do I like Ohio State? Hell no. You know, do I respect Michigan? Hell no. But anyway. <laughs> um, but for me, it's great. It's more football on my television. And, I mean, that makes me happy. It gives me more big games to watch. You know, if they're going to play an all-Big Ten schedule, I mean, hell, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Penn State playing these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the all-Big Ten schedule. Let's get it on. Let's rock and roll. And uh, it makes it better for the playoff. However, that format's going to be, however that's going to work, it just makes it better, man. Um, you know, you've got some really good teams in there. And I'm ready to see the Big Ten back. Um We've talked about them already. There is a, an article on here. Um, David Ornstein, Jack Pitbrook, Charlie Eccleshare, Laurie Whitwall, Dermot Corrigan explain Gareth Bale's proposed return to Tottenham. Um, so, you know, if you, if you want a little more of the insight from what just what we were talking about earlier, um, you know, definitely go and check that out. Um, a really, really good uh, story there. And the last one I'm going to pimp. An athlete who I really don't have very many good things to say about uh, over his long career, which was through a lot of my childhood into my adolescence, early adulthood. Um, a really good story written by Stephen J. Nesbitt about Barry Bonds. Uh, Pranks, Panic, and Power, Tales of Barry Bonds' Magical Years in Pittsburgh. It just covers the <laughs> Pittsburgh years. Um, and it's got a lot of interview with Bonds himself in it. Um, you know, guys, Rich Donnelly, who, you know, major league, major league coach and manager, was an assistant coach on that team. Uh, Andy Van Slyke, Bobby Bonilla, Bonds himself. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Jim Leland. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they go into the, the famous uh, fight 
well, argument, we'll call it, uh, during spring training between Bonds and Leland. Um, some of the uh, beat writers uh, from Pittsburgh at that time who covered the team. And they just they just go into a lot of things, really interesting stuff. One of them, uh, one of my favorite stories in it is talking about, I, I never realized this. So back in the 80s, apparently the Pirates' AAA team was in Hawaii. And uh, Bonds was in Hawaii, and they made a comment in there that uh, at that time, Pittsburgh was not very good at all. They were coming off of the We Are Family years uh, with, uh, with Pop Stargell and that group and Willie McCovey and all that group. Um, and, uh, they were, they just, they kind of sucked for a while. And they say, you know, the triple A team was in Pittsburgh. They say, you know, sometimes we had to twist guys arms to get them to leave triple A and come to the majors. <laughs> so I thought that was an interesting story in there, but, um, it's, it's a really good read. Um, uh, I did comment on there. I can't stand Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds lost me the day at five County stadium as a nine-year-old when there were about a hundred of us lined up down the side of the field. The Pirates had just played the Carolina Mudcats in an exhibition game. And, you know, there's Doug Drabeck and Jay Bell and Andy Van Slyke and all these all these Pirates are out there. They're signing autographs. They're awesome. You know, um, Michael Valier, uh, Don Slott. Oh, I love it. You know, all these, all these guys were down there. And, of course, Barry Bonds at this point, this is going into the 92 season, his last season in Pittsburgh. I mean, the dude's a superstar. He's he's the best player in baseball already. And, you know, everybody wants a Barry Bonds autograph, and he literally walks past us, doesn't even look, doesn't say, sorry, guys, don't have time, nothing, just walks past us with one of those Barry Bonds smirks on his face and acknowledges no one and walks into the locker room and leaves. And that was pretty much it for me and Barry Bonds that day. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, but, you know, I think I put my comment, Barry Bonds, let's not get this wrong. Barry Bonds is a complete asshole. At the end of the day, I also think Barry Bonds is probably one of the three best players who's ever played the game of baseball. And I think whatever you may think, steroid era, I think it's an absolute travesty that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. As another human being that I cannot, you know, wouldn't spit on if he was on fire despising that much. You can't tell me Roger Clemens doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Here's my thing at the end of the day, not to get on this topic. I don't care that much about the steroids because it was an even playing field at the time. It's not like three or four guys were on steroids and nobody else was. Was it bad? Did it suck? Yes, it was not something that we needed. But you know what? It was a level playing field. They were all gassed. That just that should be its own wing in the Hall of Fame, the juice ball, the gas era, whatever you want to call it. But it's absolute insanity to be keeping Clemens and Bonds and the Palmeros of the world out of the Hall of Fame because of that. But anyway, like I said, I'm not I'm not going down that rabbit hole. So, but that's my last story is the Barry Bonds story, really good one. And don't disagree. Um, my couple stories, uh, both soccer stories this week. Um, Michael Cox has a lovely breakdown as he usually does, uh, but this one is entitled. What is the UEFA Conference League, and are we all going to hate it? The answer is probably kind of, sort of, maybe, sort of. Um, Hey, if you like the CBI or the CIT in college basketball, you're going to love the UEFA Conference League. ECU won one of those tournaments, so I can't hate them so much. (laughs) Um, What it does do that is nice uh, is it does make 
the Champions League, the Europa League, and this will all now have 32 teams in the group stage. So it won't be some like crazy weird numbers anymore. But yeah, it is. It is that is the primer for the competition that does start next year. So yay. Um, also, another story by Oliver K. Um, this one, Greenwood and Foden behave stupidly, but what do follow-up stories gain? Um, this is I picked this one because this is something we actually discuss a lot on this podcast. Um, we talk about the English eating their young and Green, Mason Greenwood and Phil Foden of Manchester United and City, respectively, um, are definitely part of that young, um, that young group. And, uh, and this is a good article, not sort of defending the players, but just sort of pointing out a lot of the things that the English do to kind of try to break down the youngsters that come up. Um, so... If if you want to read where we we're kind of coming from when we bring that up all the time, this is a good story to do. So that's by that's by Oliver K. And then just real quick, um, the uh, the greatest sports comebacks series has finished. They have hit number one, uh, and Joe Posnanski's sixty great baseball moments has almost finished. Not quite, not quite. Still a little bit to go, uh, but it is almost finally done. Um, still two more to go one next week and then number one then um so or on the week of 928 so still a couple looking forward to do i haven't been keeping up with it so i just went back to it i'm very excited to read moment number six uh josie batista's bat flip to end all bat flips um i can see it so clearly about yeah it. Not a Blue Jays fan by any stretch of the imagination, but that bat flip makes me so happy to watch. Oh it is, God, it, it is just unbridled. What, what, do we, what do we say? Passion, passion. That's what it is. So uh, yeah, we can't. Very excited to read the uh, the story about this and just relive that moment all over again. Um, but that is the athletics. So many great things there, and again, they're expanding their breaking news coverage as well. So go check that out. Seriously, athletic. If you, well, we do it for free. But if you want to pay us, we'll 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 take it. We'll, we'll, just a little bit. We'll take Absolutely it, guys. I mean, we're pimping for free right now, and I can yeah. tell you from the street that don't last for long. Yeah, as, as, as too. Hey, they say it. Pimping ain't easy. Gotta buy that powder. Gotta buy that powder. Clap them cheeks. Uh, uh moving on. What uh? Watch four. What you watching in the week that was or the week that will be, Wes? Um, Wes has been absolutely slammed working um, all his all his jobs recently. Um, so I'm not going to say anything I've watched because I don't even think I've touched the shield since last week. But I will tell you what I will be watching very soon, Ed. And that's the return of Archer. Because guess what? It happened as we spoke tonight. Tomorrow or it's t- today, isn't it? It was um, Wednesday, September the sixteenth. Oh, I have it on my schedule. It's at the on the seventeenth. They did that's uh, it was on Hulu. Uh, okay, maybe that's uh, it. It's available on Hulu a day after it comes on regular. Mm, mm. So Archer is officially back. Very. And exciting. apparently, um, after after Archer's coma, he's ready to get the band back together. But everybody else is like, um. You know, we we've been doing shit for three years, and uh, we kind of like our lives. Whew, so, that is 
And watching watching Archer trying to get the band back together is going to be very interesting. A band that really doesn't like him very much. <laughs> doesn't like each other either, really. Right, that's the whole key. They don't really like each other. Why, why would they want to get back together? So I'm sure Archer's going to come up with some form of fuckery and ruin a lot of lives in between. Well, maybe it'll be cocaine again. That was that was a fun season. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, I just, I just, the only thing I want of Archer is the return of Stir Friday. Oh yes. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm also kind of hopeful, especially the way season ten ended. It's time to bring back Woodhouse. Gotta, gotta see a little more Woodhouse, some way, shape, or form. We gotta see some more Woodhouse. <laughs> Go eat spiders. <laughs> I'll check. You better do uh, it because I'll check and you know it. Uh, kind of makes me want to watch season one again. Um, oh it's a great show. Go check out Archer. Um, that that was also going to be mine. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm really uh, doing, and I don't think there is. Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah. that's about that it. Um, matters. That's very true. Thank you, thank you, Lars. No, that's. That's not the lead singer, Lars. James Hetfield. Uh, James Hetfield, that's right. Uh, Ulrich's the drummer, right? Right, Lars Ulrich's the drummer. There we go. Very German. And they all hated Napster. Um, oh, yeah. so, so on that note, uh, that is going to bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, get a little get a little break from the everyday life again here on the the AFA pod. That's what we means to provide here. Um, and we'll be back next week, of course, to check in on week two of the Premier League. Um, see if Tottenham fans are still alive one way or another. Maybe they're dead because of all the matches. Maybe they'll be alive because Gareth Bale will be in in, in London. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes, Christian. <laughs> He's on his private jet as we speak. Um, so we'll be bringing you that uh, news next week if it does happen. Um, of course, then plenty of matches also to play as well as we get very close. Um, once we hit next week's episode, we will only be a week away from that uh, Champions League draw. So it yes. is we're starting to get close being back to the actual matches that matter in the Champions League. Uh, which it feels like it's been far too long and yet not nearly long enough. So it's been a long time since we've played group stage matches. That's yeah. been a long time. Um, so we'll have to do that again. Um, as always, podcast presented by NGSC Sports at NGCSports.com. We never stop. You can find them on the social media as well as us on Twitter. As a collective, we are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are? I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. So you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher, Speaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, so check us out on all those platforms or just one of them. It's really unnecessary to do them all, but it does help our numbers, and that's always good. You can do them all if you want it, just to be, just to be cool. Thanks, Ms. Green. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, so on that note, um, um, refuses to download the podcast, so she's not helping the numbers. She's got to stream it, just as long as it's streamed. That's all. You don't have to download. Just, just stream it. Just stream it, Leon. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, 
Wes, before we get out of here, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, we God, of course, our show started off with a baseball talk. Sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. I don't know how much of that's going to make air, but I'm <laughs> sorry for anyone who had to listen to it. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of baseball, though, we are coming down the stretch. Just a couple weeks left of the regular season. I still haven't actually figured out the playoff format yet. It's a very interesting eight-team bracket-style weird thing. I can tell you one thing, though. The Boston Red Sox will not be there. That's true. Uh, but so. luckily, there was a story also. The Red Sox have avoided being the worst Red Sox team in history. So, Yes. Good job, y'all. Good job. And also, uh, the uh, anticipated debut of Tanner Houck did take place. And yes. He, he looked really good. So, um, maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, we get something going here. Um, so, definitely check out the baseball. Brian Goodwin's trying to help the Reds make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. He's doing his thing. We're looking damn fine doing it. Uh, <laughs> college football, we're going to – hey, we're going to try for another week, folks. Um, hey. the, the big game of the week happens to uh, feature my beloved Miami Hurricanes um, going to Louisville to take on uh, Scott Satterfield and uh, the son of B.W. Holtz to Holt uh, in the Louisville Cardinals. So, Ooh, what a pedigree uh, be, there. Yeah, I'll definitely be looking forward to that one. Uh, Hurricanes look pretty darn good week one. Let's see now if we can do it against uh, a better opponent. We shall see. And, uh, yeah. and hey, maybe uh, maybe Ed Orgeron over at LSU will stop talking about how many people on his team have COVID. Everybody. Uh, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> We're only a couple of weeks after next. I think not this weekend, but I think next weekend the SEC is going to try to give it a go. Oh, boy. And also that's going to be the week uh, East Carolina is going to try to kick theirs off. So so we're going to give it a shot. We're just waiting on you, Pac-12, I guess. Yeah, that ain't going to (laughs) happen. forget california they're smarter than everybody just ask them they can't get football going and they can't put the fire out so but where's my wacky saturday night football with bill walton Uh, (sighs) i'm just freaking i just need a hawaii football that's all i need in my life go warriors um because big 12 after dark doesn't exactly work that well it's not kansas it's not matching i'll tell you that for free um So as we close this podcast, uh, thank you for everybody checking us out this week. Uh, We'll be back next week. Until then, everyone, stay safe, wash your hands, and enjoy the football. We'll catch you guys next week. And good night to our uh, West Coast listeners. We know you guys are having a tough go of it right now. Just uh, definitely stay safe. And um, Lord knows for everybody, for our Southern listeners, uh, you know, the hurricanes continue to keep coming. And we ain't talking about Miami. Uh, we're about to get a whole lot of rain dropped on us. As you're listening to this, we're probably getting a yeah. lot of rain dropped on us at the moment. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't think we're going to end up quite like uh, Alabama got it. So, um, yeah, Pensacola got hit really hard too. So, you know, just stay safe down there, guys. You know, we love you. We're thinking about you. And 2020 continues to tick on. Yeah, almost, almost done, everyone. Just a couple more months. Um, I'm
You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 